nervousness on this end of the building right now. I know I've spoke from this pulpit for about nine years, but that's been 20 years ago. Yeah, it's been that long. So there's a little anxiety. But I want you to know that I can't think of a place I'd rather be. This congregation is very dear to me, and I'm honored to be able to speak this morning. In Amos chapter 7, this is one of the three visions that we find in this chapter about a plumb line, and it concerns the judgment of God against Israel. Some of us know what a plumb line is. It's a string weighted at the end, which when hanging down can be used to determine a vertical standard. It's plumb. And as a carpenter and those of you who will truly understand, I really like things that are plumb, level, straight, and square. All of those. We get that, we've got a great product. But since the pull of gravity will stretch that string straight down, it is considered a perfect straight standard, a perfect vertical standard. And the point of our text is that God has set his plumb line. He set his standard for the children of Israel. And he set it beside the wall of their character the character of Israel, and he had found it to be out of plumb. It was not vertical. It was not straight. And therefore, it must be torn down. I want to read once again the three verses in Amos chapter 7. Thus he showed me, behold, the Lord stood on a wall made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people, Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate. All the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. We want to notice three things about this particular passage this morning. Number one is God builds. Number two, God judges. And number three, God fixes. God builds. God expects every wall to be built by his plumb line. We are, in every decision and action, continually building a wall of character. Whether we want to really pay attention to it or not, it happens to us every day. Everything we say, we do, we think. Whether it's consciously or not, we all build by some kind of a standard. Your standard may be the rule of pleasure. It may be the rule of popular opinion or the rule of certain prejudices or some other standard God wants it to be according to his straight plumb line, his standard. 
but the only straight and true character is that which we that we find and is built according to God's standard. And that plumb line is his word. The truth we find in the Bible. All thought and action should be measured by this word. Psalm 119 verse 89. O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. And Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 4.11 that we need to speak as the oracles of God. God in his word, Old and New Testament, continually, continually encourages us, beseeches us, teaches us that his standard is the one and only true measure by which we ought to be built. This is our need. Whether we're building persons, homes, buildings, nations, churches, character, it doesn't matter. God has a standard and he wants us to use, to be careful with that particular standard. But what do we see in the world today? There is an awful amount of confusion. We see it in morality. We see it in ethics. We see it in business. And because of failure of these individuals to recognize that there is one perfect law by which we all must be measured. I want to notice a passage in the book of James chapter 1. Beginning in verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets the kind of man he was. But he who looks, notice this, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does so if you want to be blessed the book says that we need to not only be a hearer of the word but a doer there is way too much curiosity about what it would be like not to obey God not to do what the Bible says. Have you ever had someone ask you, would you help me with this problem? And they have a very specific problem. And you explain to them a course that is logical and rational and reasonable. And they, they look at you and they say, well, I can see all of that, but... Or somebody comes to you and they know that you have the answer and you're the so-called expert in the field and you make a recommendation as to a product they might need to buy and they say, well, yeah, but 
Folks, we've got way too much yabut disease going around. Way too much. People look at what God says and they say, yeah, but I like the sound of an organ or a piano when we sing. Yeah, but God is a God of love and he's, he's not that harsh. Yeah, but on and on and on. And what we find is that the world is in, in confusion I've had opportunity to install a few countertops in my time. I've had opportunity to measure a few corners to see if they were square. I've had an opportunity to measure a few floors where a counter goes to see if it's level or the wall, the sheetrock that was put up was plumb. And I can guarantee you that they expected me as the finished carpenter, as a trim carpenter, to make it all right. It's all up to you. You can do this. And you know, if we are building a wall and we put our plumb line against it, or we put a level up there that can measure a straight vertical line, and it's not plumb, and then we go away and say, oh, well, Maybe it'll all be all right anyway. God doesn't expect that out of us when we're building our character. He doesn't expect us to think, oh, well, it'll all be all right. It'll all go away. God builds. God also judges. The plumb line emphasizes that, emphasizes that God judges everything by an exact standard. No deviation to the right, no deviation to the left. An exact standard. And this is a frequent illustration of judgment as we see in Isaiah 28, verse 17. Also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. The hail will sweep away the, refu the refuge of lies and the waters will overflow the hiding places. An exact Standard, the force of all of these texts must not be missed. The plumb line always, capital letters, bolded, underlined, flashing, the plumb line always hangs straight. Had you ever thought about how the ancient Egyptians built all of the pyramids? Are you aware that the tallest of the pyramids is less than one-fourth of an inch at the point out of plumb? Think about that. Think about that. Every stone that they built in that pyramid, every, every bit of that construction, they had the very simplest basic of tools but they had those tools that would give them an exact straight line every time. When a mason finds that a wall is out of plumb, he will not discard the line and look for another one. Oh, this one will give me what I want. No. Neither will God discard his standard to accommodate the crookedness of men. 
most, if not all of us, if we've talked with individuals and we've encouraged them to follow what we find in the Bible, most of us have had people say something like this. God is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of grace. He is a God of peace. I just find it hard to believe that he would send anyone to a place of condemnation. Well, they've left one of God's characteristics out. He's also a God of justice. And his justice has been satisfied by Christ on the cross. It's through Christ that we can have that eternal life. The the judgment of God is always according to truth. Romans chapter 2 and verse 2 says, We know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And Paul is referring here to the list of sins and evil that are mentioned in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18 through the end of that chapter. This is the truth that is revealed In the Bible, in John chapter 12 and verse 48, Jesus said, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. What is that, Jesus? The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. 2 Corinthians reminds us that we're going to be judged by the things that we have done in this life, whether they are good or evil. And there will be no partiality. Because later on in Romans chapter 2, Paul says, there's no partiality with God, none whatsoever. We're all going to be judged by the same standard. And he never, never reads the standard incorrectly. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. For he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now we sometimes make mistakes in our looking at the measurement or reading what it says. I can't tell you how many times I've cut a piece of wood off twice and it's still too short. Misread the tape. Red tapes thousands of times, we still misread it. And if it's off a sixteenth of an inch, it's not the standard. It's not what it ought to be. It's off. It's wrong. I had a young man working with me one time. We were measuring for cabinets. And I had the smart end of the tape. He was just holding it up against the wall, and I read it, and I said, nope. It's a quarter of an inch off. And he said, that's close. I'm sorry, it's not. That's the way God is. I'm sorry, it's not. It has to be right. So God builds, God judges, but God also fixes. In building a wall, it's far better to test each course if you're laying brick or block or stone. And you test it by the plumb line as we build rather than to wait when we get to the end and hope it comes out right. 
It is certain that God will hang the line beside our lives when they're finished. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the writer says, As it is appointed for men once to die, after that, then the judgment. One of these days, the plumb line of God's word will be put up against our character, our life. His grace makes it possible for us to know how well we are doing and how well this wall of character we're building is progressing. The Apostle Peter is probably one of my favorite Bible characters. As we read in the gospel, Paul had a tendency to get his mouth in motion before he got his mind in gear. You know what I'm talking about. He, would, he was very brash in his speaking. He would, he would just put it out there quickly. And we see that even be, being true when we get to the book of Galatians. But when we get to the books of First and Second Peter, we see a much more mature man. We see a man that, that really is, is, is committed to and, and doing the will of God. That tells me that there is a progression and that God works on even those who are his chosen ones. Jesus chose Peter as one of the twelve, and we sometimes put him as, if we're listing the apostles, Peter's at number one. So much happened. So many events. And yet when we see him in First and Second Peter, he's a man full of maturity. It is so sad that so many walls bend and bulge with the changing whims and fads of the world, blown to and fro like waves that are cast up and then the wind just blows the tops of them away. In verse 8 of our text, And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? Behold, I am setting a plumb line I am setting a plumb line in the minds in the midst of my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. I don't know about you, but in studying this passage, when I saw those words, and I will pass by them, took me immediately to the garden. Immediately to the garden. After Adam and Eve had sinned. And they hid themselves from God, and it says he passed by them. And then said, why are you hiding? It's a fearful thing to have the Lord pass by, and you know he's coming in judgment. In the vision of the grasshoppers and in the vision of the fire in Amos 7 verses 1 through 6, God had shown his long-suffering before judgment. But when the final test of the wall is made, it'll be too too late to change it. It will be too late at that point. God's presence with man is a precious, excuse me, God's patience with man is a patient. 2 Peter verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 9. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants us to be with him. God wants us to follow his standard, his vertical straight line, his plumb bob. And he has given us this opportunity over and over and over. He doesn't want any of us to perish. But the finality of his ultimate judgment is also a certain truth. In John chapter 8 and verse 21, Jesus said to those that were with him then, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin because where I go, you cannot come. There are those who are going to say on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful things in your work? Have we not, have we not helped the sick? Have we not even spoke of you and trying to convince others to believe in you? And Jesus will say, yes, depart from me. I was never in a knowing situation with you. I really never knew who you were. What was the problem? They had not followed the will of the Father in heaven. They had not lived their lives according to the plumb line of God's word. So tragic. So tragic. So in our text, we notice that God builds, he judges, and he fixes, and he fixes. In every field of human interest, the the necessity of exact standards is recognized. In sports, there is a set of rules and regulations for the sport. And if you want to participate in that sport and you want to be good at it, you will follow those rules and regulations. In the sciences, there must be exact systems for measurement and evaluation. And if you want the science to eventually come out with what needs to happen, you will follow those guidelines. The carpenter must have his rule his level and his square, and the mason must have his plumb line. Why can we not see? Why is it possible for some of us to never succeed, but we know that we always must constantly use the plumb line of God? So I would ask you this morning, how would you stand between God's, how would you stand beside God's plumb line? It's the exact straight line. And it always, it always gives a straight line. God was not happy with Israel because they were out of plumb. They were not being straight. That's what God wants us to be. This morning, as you think about your situation, your condition, your condition next to God's plumb line, have you done what you need in order to take advantage 
of that wonderful, marvelous salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. I suspect that you would not be here unless at some level you believed in Christ. My question is, is that faith sufficient to cause you to be as Abraham of old and to put that faith into action, to obey what God wants you to do in order to be saved with him, in order to to follow that straight plumb line, to repent of your sins, to confess Jesus' wonderful name, then to be buried with him in baptism, to have those sins washed away. That's God's plumb line for salvation. And then to live faithful unto death according to that plumb line. And if you've done that, and for some reason you feel that your plumb line is still straight, but you're out of plumb, you're not following him, This morning you have an opportunity to repent and to pray and he will once again wash you in that blood that cleansed you when you were baptized. And if you need the help of the congregation in some way for us to pray for you, with you, we invite you to come through the Savior's name as we stand and as we sing.